What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, joined as always by my friend and co-host in the great state of Ohio, Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, we're in the lull between the college football regular season and bowl games. This is one of the worst times of the year. I am ready to, to talk about something. There's not a lot going on right now. It's very sleepy. Um, it, it's definitely, I mean, like there's some there's some college basketball. It's not great right now just because most of the, like the big early season matchups happen in November and in early December. So there's a lot of trash right now to kind of wade through. How dare you disparage Ohio State's upcoming matchups with Bucknell and Youngstown State? Yeah. (laughs) Football-wise, there's, like you said, not a whole lot going on. There was the Army-Navy game last week, which was, I I didn't watch a ton of it, but what I did watch was okay. Um, There's the FCS playoffs, which are generally pretty fun. I think I watched more of that. I'm I'm probably going to watch North Dakota State, South Dakota on, um, I guess, Friday. But outside of that, I mean, bowl games, I think, start this Saturday, if I remember right. They're, they're mostly trash, but there is, like, um, the Celebration Bowl is always really fun. And um, I, I think that the, the New Orleans Bowl is going to be pretty good. And the Las Vegas Bowl and New Mexico Bowl all seem to be interesting. I, I think that the New Mexico Bowl might be the best game of the day. But outside of that, there's not much. There's There's not a ton of news. Ohio State gifted us. Um, a, a free podcast episode last week with the um, with the Urban Meyer retirement, but outside of that, there's really not a ton outside of like recruiting. There's there's plenty of recruiting stuff. There's some coaching news we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the basketball team a little bit, but um, this is kind of the scraps episode. <laughs> I, I think this is um, you know the 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 tasting menu of like we got kind of a buffet of a bunch of little things. We're eating apples today. <laughs> And that's how you know that this one's going to go off the rails and be oh, yeah. <laughs> really bad. But we'll, we'll get to everything. But I, I want to start with the Heisman, which was was it on Saturday, Friday or Saturday? It was this this Saturday. past weekend. We're recording this on Tuesday, so maybe we're a little bit late. So apologies if you don't want to hear any Heisman talk. But going back to the Heisman ceremony, I think we, we both have some th- thoughts on this. Because if you didn't watch Ohio State's quarterback, the great Dwayne Haskins, was invited to New York and ultimately finished third behind Kyler Murray, who won, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa from Alabama. And I really don't know know exactly where I want to start with this, but in just watching it, there were there were a lot of things that were interesting about the ceremony itself and the way that the Heisman is presented. And maybe we can get into that a little bit because I think that they really need to figure out another way to present this whole thing and to, to hype it up. Cause it feels like it's lost a lot of its luster that it had maybe, you know, when I'm growing up or maybe I'm just, I'm starting to get old in that regard. But from an Ohio state standpoint, after everything was announced and I guess even in the lead up beforehand, it was kind of well known and everybody could figure out that either Kyler Murray or Tua was going to win this thing. And that's pretty much what it was promoted as and a lot of Ohio State fans Ohio State blogs including our blog I don't, I don't want to leave us out of this as well we're, we're not going to pull any punches here we were doing some of this stuff too but a lot of people were really upset 
that ESPN and other people that were promoting this and talking about the Heisman didn't really put Dwayne Haskins into that conversation. And I'm trying to figure out, just beyond being like, hey, we're Ohio State fans, we support Dwayne Haskins. I'm trying to figure out why. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Does it, before we really dive in, does it, does anything that we saw in the reaction and the backlash to how people handled the lead up to the Heisman and the results of the Heisman, does any of that make sense to you? Well, I, I kind of have a theory that I, it's not fully developed by any means. And it's, it's certainly not um, all encompassing of all Ohio State fans. But I've got a theory that. Um, the, the past couple of, of seasons, the way that Ohio state has been covered nationally and the, um, I I don't know if it's, it's certainly not disdain, the lack of trust for Ohio state, um, the kind of the loss of the benefit of the doubt for Ohio state, um, post a 31 point loss to Clemson, a, a 28 point loss to Iowa, 29 point loss to Purdue. And obviously some really not good off the field stuff. Um, I I think that Ohio state has kind of lost the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Um, and I think that that, um, that shift has really freaked some Ohio state fans out. I I think that they're really not used to ESPN types, Fox types, whatever the, the TV station you might be watching is, they're really not used to those guys um, doing anything but kissing Ohio State's ass. And they're not doing that right now because Ohio State doesn't really deserve it. Ohio State didn't really do anything this year. I mean, they went 12-1, and but they weren't really all that seriously in the playoff contention because they lost to Purdue by 29 points. Um, and I, I don't know if it's like this this feeling of being slighted if it's a feel of of disrespect or whatever it may be but i think that that kind of freaks out ohio state fans they're they're really used to being considered one of those you know one of the top 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 programs in college football and i think they still are obviously they, they won 12 games this year and are are still very much an elite football program but 2017 and 2018 were not Ohio State on the level that Ohio State's generally expected to be at, Gen- even going back to 2016 and 2015. And I think that the national guys have kind of picked up on that a little bit. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins, who I think was probably the third best of the bunch, um, and I understand why the race was between, was between the two guys who probably deserved to be in the race most. I, I think Dwayne had an extremely good season, and he was not on the level of Kyler or Tua. Um, and I think that it's you know the continuation of that perceived disrespect. It's the continuation of the, the loss of the benefit of the doubt is making a lot of Ohio State fans very uncomfortable because um, it's it's uncharted territory. It's, it's really new for Ohio State. Ohio State is used to things like um, Troy Smith winning the Heisman in 2006 despite um, not having all that great of a statistical season. Looking back, really not all that impressive of a year he had. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember super well if that was just a year where no one else was all that good or if, if he wasn't. You know, his numbers weren't reflective of the season that he had. But 
it, it feels like Ohio State has to kind of prove itself a little bit more on the field um, to to earn that respect and that benefit of the doubt back. And I think that that's mostly what the pushback is. I don't think it's as much being upset about Dwayne not being as included as Kyler Atua is. I think it's it's more a general reaction to the fact that Ohio State isn't the top dog right now. They're they're not competing for the national championship. They're not in the playoff. They weren't particularly close to the playoff. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why ESPN would talk about them as much. And I think Ohio State fans kind of resent that, resent that Oklahoma's there, that Alabama's there, that, that schools that are Ohio State's equal are getting the recognition that Ohio State isn't, and for good reason, because Ohio State hasn't really earned it for the last couple seasons. I guess that's where my biggest problem is, because I actually, I I disagree with you, and I I don't think it had anything to do with Ohio State, or or really Haskins, or people thinking that Ohio State's fallen off a little bit, or they've had those losses, and they don't trust them, and they're not giving them the benefit of the doubt. This whole thing, to me just felt like you look at those two other players and just sometimes there are dudes that I I don't even want to say better, but there are just other people who are as deserving or more deserving or whatever word you want to use that are like, Hey, there are other guys at other schools that are just as good. Like there, there are good players around the country. If other people didn't know that, like, and, and I think at this point <laughs> we we should. And and I like that was my biggest problem was, you know, people were, and th- this is a conversation that I think can go to all sports in this day and age and in, in the Twitter era. Is I saw people that were debating, you know, is Tua really that good? Is Kyler that good? And they were trying to knock those two guys in relations to Dwayne Haskins, and that's kind of been been our thing one of our themes here all year is like, Hey, there are other people who are good. Like that's other teams put guys into the NFL. We obviously know what Alabama does and we we've seen firsthand what Oklahoma does, especially at the quarterback position. And I, I don't think that anybody was knocking Dwayne Haskins when he didn't get as much attention. Maybe he should have gotten a little bit more. I, I think that that's fair, but man, Kyler Murray just had a season where he took over from, Another a departed Heisman winner and threw for 40 touchdowns and ran for almost 900 yards and led his team to the playoff. And we, we saw what Dwayne Haskins was able to do with this offense and with a defense as bad as Ohio State had. Oklahoma's defense was even worse. And I saw people talking about Oklahoma playing close games against Kansas and against Army, like that was a knock on Kyler Murray. It was like, no, he was the reason that they won those those games. And when his worst game was against Kansas and he had eight and a half yards per attempt and two touchdowns and also ran for three touchdowns, that's just a testament to what kind of season he had. And if you look up and down it to a stat line, basically everything until that Georgia game, there was no blemish. And we know Alabama has talented players everywhere, but you know he got a bump because of probably what he did in the title game last year, but he was spectacular all of this season as well. So it's just really odd to me to see Ohio State fans, and not only that, but Ohio State beat writers talking about, oh, those guys don't play in bad weather, they didn't play a defense, 
just stuff that made no sense to me and just reeked of just blatant ass kissing. And this, I I don't want to be like hot take radio guy here. And I, I feel like we've, We've crossed, we haven't crossed the line, but we've tiptoed the line of, hey, we're Ohio State fans, but we're not afraid to call this fan base out, these coaches out, and this team out. I'm super, super sick of hearing fellow Ohio State fans whine that nobody respects them. Nobody nobody gives us the benefit of the doubt. Everybody hates us. Like, yeah, no shit. They've won 81 of their last 92 games. You think people are just going to be like, yeah, they're they're great. That's yeah, awesome. That's good to me. Nobody, yeah, that's that's actually good to me. I'm I'm happy <laughs> that Ohio State is winning, and not only that, but that their fan base is extremely loud about it. Like yeah. I, I don't know what world people are living in where like Ohio State doesn't get any, any respect. Nobody cares about them. Like there there are people on national networks that were trumping trumpeting up Ohio State after losing two games last year that they should make the playoff in 2016. They made the playoff without winning their division, without winning their conference, over a team that won their division and won their conference and beat Ohio State. Like this idea that the national media hates Ohio State, they don't like them, they don't care about them, is so just so completely odd to me. And to see people whining about it and that there's some sort of conspiracy and people don't respect Dwayne Haskins because of the things that Urban Meyer did or what some of the off the field stuff is just so tinfoil. It's so Mickey Mouse. It's so minor league, just whiny bullshit that this fan base is so much better then and mm. it, I, I feel like there. I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt because obviously yes I, I'm I'm right there with you but the fan base is so big that you're going to have people like that 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 just is what it is but when there are even like rational people or writers who are are saying this type of stuff it just doesn't register with me and it goes back to my main point here and I'm sorry for getting on this rant but this is something I really wanted to talk about was just that Ohio State isn't the center of the college football universe there are other good coaches there are other good players there are other good teams and hey sometimes somebody's gonna get the award in front of you somebody else is just as deserving as you are and yeah it's not a slight to Dwayne Haskins that he finished third in the Heisman voting. That's pretty damn good. And oh, by the way, to cap this off, if Ohio State wanted their players to get more attention and wanted Dwayne Haskins to get more attention, if you want to complain about somebody not paying attention and not doing a good job, blame Ohio State. Blame Urban Meyer for not talking about him all season. And then Dwayne Haskins after the Michigan game, I think, was like, yeah, coach didn't talk about me all year because he didn't want me to have a big ego. Like, Dwayne Haskins didn't get more Heisman votes because Ohio State didn't want to put him out there because they thought, hey, we're Ohio State. People are going to talk about us. You know, he'll he'll be up there. They thought that that would just get it done. Like, sorry, that's that's not how it works. Alabama can do it because Tua led one of the greatest comebacks in the history of college football on the biggest stage. So he had an elevated platform in the first place. Like, other than that, it doesn't work like that, man. And they didn't put in any groundwork. And I saw them complaining about it too. Mark Pantone was saying stuff on Twitter. And it's like, that falls on you guys. That is your job to market your player. And they they didn't do it. And I know we, we put it out on Twitter. Ultimately, all of Ohio State's problems or things they didn't want to accomplish this year were all because of themselves. My rant is over. That's all I have to say about that. I, I was just, I was, 
I don't want to be radio guy. I was disgusted. I was shocked. Like, it just, it made no sense to me. It was so incredibly stupid. And, you know, congratulations to Dwayne for getting to go to New York and getting to experience that. And whether he comes back to Ohio State or goes to the NFL or not, that should be something he should take with him the rest of his life. And he's an excellent football player and not winning the Heisman doesn't degrade that or change it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I will say about the, the thing that I said earlier, I don't agree with the, with the fact that, uh, with the idea that um, Ohio State has the media against it. Ohio State doesn't have the media against it. That's a fucking ridiculous thing to think. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely insane to think that like a top 10, top five football program has you know, ESPN and 24-7 sports and like, recruiting sites and everybody with any kind of a platform, uh, you know, going out and trying to get them. Like, no one's out to get Ohio State. <laughs> Urban Meyer almost got fired before the season, and after the Michigan game, they were showing his family and saying how big of a redemption story it was. And I, we don't need to get into that, but, like, anybody who thinks – that there's a bias against Ohio State. And I'm sure that, you know, there's a couple writers, people are human, but like that ESPN is just this big monolith that hates Ohio State and operates as one giant machine. Like, you just don't know how it works, man. And yeah. to to argue to the contrary is just false and, and ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. O Ohio State is not, there's not, you know, like I said, there's no one out to get Ohio State. There are certainly there are individual writers. Us, of course, we are out to get Ohio State. Um, we are. I mean, we personally took down Urban Meyer. Um, we will claim credit for that. It was it was our doing. We're going to get Greg Schiano fired. Um, we will be hired the head coaches, uh, co-head coaches at Ohio State by the time. Um, 2020 rolls around we're gonna run for ohio state head coach election uh and we'll win and I, I mean you know but outside of us personally attacking urban meyer attacking his family um just doing what it is what is necessary and what we've been told to do by uh the government outside of that no media has serious bias as a monolith against ohio state it's it's just us we're we're the only two Ohio State attackers, and um, it, you know all uh, all complaints about that should be directed um, nowhere. Please don't add us. <laughs> don't, Matt Brown don't at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do not uh, don't email us. Don't call us. Don't um, don't contact us at all. We um, we really don't. <laughs> we don't need to hear it. <laughs> anyway, that's 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 my Heisman rant. That's how I feel about it. It was it was unbelievable to hear people and see people get so worked up and act like people were saying Dwayne Haskins sucked. The only people I really saw, you know, really degrading other people were just Ohio State fans talking yeah. about how Kyler and, and Tua weren't that good. Yeah, Kyler and Tua were fantastic all season. All these long. guys are great. They're all great <laughs> they're players. Great, that's why they're very, all in New York. Very good quarterbacks. <laughs> The the last thing that I have on this and, and something <clears throat> that just like I'm not a huge numbers guy. I'm I'm not very good at math, but I do want to um to dispel something that I saw quite a few times on my timeline. Um is the like posting of raw numbers <laughs> as a comparison. Like saying, Well, Dwayne Haskins threw 
so-and-so yards and Kyler Murray and Tua only threw, you know, this many yards and Dwayne Haskins has more touchdowns and Dwayne Haskins had more yards per game against uh, whatever ranked teams or something. Um, and like, come on, <laughs> come on. That's not the way that football's measured. Like, that's like saying that the best defense is the, the one that gives up the least yards. It's like that. It's not, that's not how football is measured in 2018. There are significantly better ways to judge who the best players are. And to just say that, you know, Dwayne, ha- Dwayne Haskins averaged more yards per game or had more yards on the season, he threw almost 500 passes. I mean, he's an air raid quarterback. It, it's like it's like saying that Gardner Minshew should win the Heisman because of how many yards he threw. It's like he's it's like that's the system that he runs. And Dwayne Haskins is extremely good at running this system. But that that's my that's my last thing on this is that people posting pure numbers as comparison, it's like it's either being purposefully dishonest and just ignoring the actual like what numbers mean <laughs> in in football. Um, or it's, I, I don't know if it's just a, a complete misunderstanding, but it's ridiculous. I, I don't want to see that trash anymore. <laughs> it's just yeah, silly. Dwayne Haskins threw 202 more passes than, yeah. uh, or not, yeah, 202 more passes than Tua this year and over 150 more than Kyler Murray. And if we're being honest, what didn't win him the Heisman was we've we've been as big a Haskins fans as I think there are out there all season. Yeah, he's great, but it's it's kind of undeniable that that stretch of the Purdue, Nebraska, Michigan State game he struggled a little bit, and that's fine. He was a first year starter. That's not to knock him at all. But there, you know, he started off the season so hot, and there was a lull there, and that that probably kind of knocked him off of the national consensus a little bit more than you would have liked to see. But by the time the Michigan game rolled around, it was just it was too late. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. They're all really, really great players. And it was great to see Dwayne get there to New York. But that's our that's our Heisman talk. We're we're done with that. What what do we want to move to next? Because we are in the, the throes of the offseason and after the promotion of Ryan Day and the news that Urban Meyer is going to retire after the Rose Bowl game, there hasn't been a ton to talk about maybe the biggest thing has been the the full-time promotion and the removal of the interim tag from wide receivers coach Brian Hartline which as we've said a couple times we were a hundred percent wrong about he was fantastic this year seems like a pretty good move from everything that the current wide receivers have said about him and recruits it seems like he really fits in well and I'm excited to see what he does going forward because if year one was any indicator he's he's a pretty good coach yeah he he did a good job I think he deserves um I, I don't know what his contract looks like but I think he deserves a prove it contract and a full-time promotion I saw he was out with Ryan Day um talking to Ohio State receivers commit Jamison Williams who reaffirmed his commitment which was good to see he's a very good player and I think Brian Hartline's going to do a good job if the first year was any indication he'll certainly have um, maybe a tougher situation next season without so many experienced guys in the room losing Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, uh, Johnny Dixon, possibly KJ Hill, and you know he'll have to work with uh, with Austin Mack and Benjamin Victor, Chris Olave, um, maybe freshman Garrett Wilson will find his way in there. I think he will. Um, and that'll be a, a pretty good test for him. But I think 
in general, um, Hartline did a really good job this season. I'm excited to see if he can keep that rolling, if he can continue to um, hone his hone his skills and, and get better as a technical coach, get better as a recruiter. Um, I'm, I'm happy that they gave him a full-time job. Speaking of uh, coaching things, and we didn't talk about this pre-show because I just saw it, um, we have – this happened a couple days ago, but I, I saw that – um, Corey Dennis was promoted to the 10th assistant coaching spot as Ryan Day moves up to head coach. Um, as I, I think it's on an interim basis, uh, at least for, for now, unless Day wants to make him the full-time replacement for the quarterback's coach. Um, I don't have super strong opinions on that. The, the word was that he did a really good job when Ryan Day was the interim head coach back in August um, and September. <clears throat> in in coaching Dwayne Haskins, that was kind of his his main thing was just to coach Dwayne Haskins. Um, he is Urban Meyer's son-in-law, which is <laughs> fitting. But um, I, I don't know if he can coach. He can coach. The other thing that's um, very similar in in the way that the hire happens, uh, and I'm not sure if this is confirmed yet, but I, I've seen from several places that um, Ohio State is is bringing Trey Holtz as a graduate assistant. Um, that is the, the son of Skip and grandson of Lou. And, uh, I think people know the connection there between Urban Meyer and Lou Holtz and, um, not hard to figure out how that one happened. But then again, I, I guess, I guess that's just kind of how, um, Ohio state operates. So I don't have super strong opinions on that other than, Hey, look, Urban Meyer, more of Urban Meyer's friends getting brought in, even when Urban Meyer is on his way out. So that's fun. <laughs> I'll take that trade if the linebackers coach and the DC are on their way out. That that's yeah, we one don't, I'll, yeah. I'll live with, and we don't know whether <laughs> that's going to happen yet or not. The, the way it feels to me increasingly is like Greg Schiano is going to get one more season, and maybe yeah. Everybody wants to talk about the comparison between Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley, and, and whether that's a thing or not. Even if it isn't, there may be a comparison in that in that day keeps him around for next year as like, Hey, I'm not going to fire your guy and does the same with Bill Davis. And then they get absolutely roasted by somebody in like the fifth week of the season next year. And Dave's just like, sorry, urban, your boys are out of here. They're fired. So we'll, we'll see with both of those guys. It feels less likely with Chiano unless he's able to secure a job, which I don't know at this point in the cycle, there's, there's already been a lot of jobs that have been filled. Temple is the one that people are talking about, but it seems like they're looking for another first time head coach. That's kind of been their pattern. I think for the last three or four head coaches that they've replaced and then hired somebody else with, but yeah, Bill Davis, maybe we'll, that, that may be a, um, a situation of December 20th after that early signing day where it's like, Oh, Bill Davis has been reassigned. Sorry about that. We just <laughs> waited. Cause I saw that, that one of, one of, uh, Ohio state's commits, I, I forget which one was talking about it. And he was like, yeah, I hope Bill Davis stays him and I are really close. And it was like, I believe got that bad was Kate Stover. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got bad news for you, my friend when December 20th hits, but it's it's clear that one of those guys has to go, and maybe we won't find out until the twentieth. Maybe it won't be till later. But other than the Heartline stuff and the you know the the grad assistant and moving Dennis up, there hasn't really been a lot of major news when it comes to Ohio State staff, and that's not really surprising as of right now. Yeah, on the um, on the Bill Davis front, 
uh, friend of the site, former writer of the site, possibly founder of the site. I don't know the history as well as I as I should. Um, but a couple days ago, Luke Zimmerman dropped back into our Slack um, with some disturbing information <laughs> about the history of Bill Davis and uh, Ryan Day, as they were both coaches together. I think at, at the Eagles, possibly, um, if I remember correctly, and they seem to be friends, <laughs> which is deeply deeply horrifying to me the idea that um not only could bill davis stay but let's say greg shiano got, does get that temple job and bill davis gets promoted to defensive coordinator not a thing that is out of the realm of possibility 100 percent a thing that could happen <laughs> who boy ryan day could make one hell of a first impression he goes out and um, gives Bill Davis more money to do more things. <laughs> I'll say this. if I will take Ohio State defensive coordinator Bill Davis if Ryan Day goes to the gray shoulder stripe full-time. I don't know if I'm willing to make that trade. <laughs> I'm, I'm making that concession. We want your guys' tweets at Holy Land Pod, at Doves Co., and at Patrick Mayhorn. Are you with me? You will take literally anybody, including Bill Davis, coaching this defense if they return the superior gray shoulder stripes, which unfortunately superior, will, yeah. will not be worn at the Rose Bowl. Not a fan of the current home scarlet jerseys, but that's that's a conversation for the uh, the Rose Bowl preview, which we'll just be talking about uniforms for 50 minutes when we do that one in a couple of weeks. Um, in any other Ohio State recruiting stuff, we have the early signing period coming up. It seems like the 2019 class is, if not locked in place, that it's, it's pretty steady in terms of not losing any commitments from the Meyer news and the transition of the program under Ryan Day. Do you expect, as we get closer, anything major to happen? Who's left on the board? What, what do we got going on with Ohio State recruiting for this cycle? Well, like you said, most of the 2019 guys are really solid. Um, most of them have, have reaffirmed their commitments. We mentioned Cade Stover. Um, he's a, a top linebacker. He seems to be in. Um, the guy most people were, were concerned about, Garrett Wilson, a five-star receiver from Texas, very, very good player, said almost immediately on Twitter after the Meyer news that he was still in, and he's been super transparent this whole cycle and um, really good kid, and I, I'm excited to see him play at Ohio State. Um, but it seems like almost all of this class will be signing during the early signing period. Um, the the only real question marks are um, there was questions around Harry Miller, very good center from, I want to say, Georgia, but he reaffirmed his, his commitment a couple days ago. Um, Jordan Battle was down to an Ohio State and Alabama fight there at the end. Um, the the word seems to be that Ohio State is going to hold on there. Doug, Doug Nestor, Steel Chambers, still some questions in that regard. I think Doug Nestor is going to wait to sign um, until February and take some visits. But the the word seems to be that they're going to hold on to all their guys, which is a testament to Ryan Day um, as a recruiter and to the fact that Ohio State was recruiting guys who wanted to go to Ohio State, not just for Urban Meyer, but for Ohio State as a program, which is encouraging. Um, it, it seems like Zach Harrison is, you know, the the five-star defensive end from Olentangy, very, very good player, guy who Ohio State has been recruiting for probably about four years now. Um, it, it seems like he is planning on announcing his commitment to whatever school he picks and signing on December 19th. The word for 
a couple months now has been Michigan, but it, it flipped um, a couple days ago, and he seems to be leaning Ohio State now. I have <laughs> I have some theories on that that I won't go into too much detail on, um, just because it would I mean it would take like three hours, but. Um, it, it does seem like Ryan Day and Zach Harrison have a bit better of a connection. Um, the fact that Ryan Day is for sure going to be here for at least three seasons um, is helpful, I, th- I think, in that recruitment. I think that that was something he was obviously concerned about for good reason because Urban Meyer did end up retiring. Um, but I think Zach Harrison's a pretty good possibility. I think Nick Broker from um, – I think he's an Ole Miss commit off the top of my head. Yeah, Ole Miss commit. He's from Illinois. He's an offensive tackle, three-star. I think that um, I think he could flip to Ohio State after a, a visit. He's got planned here pretty soon. But outside of that, not a ton I don't think is going to happen on the, the early signing period. Um, <clears throat> you could see a guy like Kayvon Butler, defensive tackle, commit to Ohio State. Um, we could see Kyrie Elam, defensive back from Florida, commit to Ohio State. But outside of that, I, I don't see a ton going on. And I think that that's kind of by design. The 2019 class, not just for Ohio State, but nationally, is not very good. It's not super deep, and the, the top-level talent is not as good as usual. So Ohio State's going to take a small class. I, I think it's going to be about 20 guys. They've got 16 right now, and I, I think that they'll be pretty comfortable going into – um, you know, post signing period with 18 or 19 commitments and, and they'll look to, to finish it out with whoever doesn't sign um, in the next couple days on the, from the 19th to the 21st and we'll move forward from there. Seems like there's a lot of talent in that 2020 class too. Yeah. That they yeah can, very, they very can good save, class. Yeah. If they could save some room, they can be able to sign a few more guys than they would usually. And uh, you know, you mentioned the the Harrison thing. When schools can negative recruit, or when schools do negatively recruit against Ohio State, no longer can they say, "Hey, your coach is going to retire if you go there in like two years." So whether you're happy or sad about Urban Meyer leaving, that card is off the table. There are no Dabo Sweeney cannot tell Jackson Carmen's little brother, like, "Hey." You're you're not going to be able to play for Urban Meyer by the end of your career. So that uncertainty for Ohio State recruiting is off the board. And as much as it hurts to not have Meyer and that recruiting prowess he brings around, that card is off the table. And maybe for a guy like Harrison, that's the factor there. But we'll see. But schools can't can't pull that one out on Ohio State anymore, which is pretty nice. I, I will say on the Dabo thing, it's very funny how upset everyone got about that <laughs> last season. He was right. Yeah, he, he was, was right. right. Dabo was 100% right. I mean, I, I, I think that maybe he exaggerated a little bit in saying that Urban Meyer is going to die. <laughs> I don't think that one's going to happen super soon. I, I've been wrong before, but I don't I don't see it. Um, but he was right that Urban Meyer was near retirement. I think Urban Meyer knew that last year. I, I think Urban Meyer was aware Last season, I, I know he mentioned the Penn State game as one that specifically hurt his head quite a bit. Um, I think Urban Meyer knew last year that it was coming up real soon. Um, and Dabo was right, so everyone needs to apologize to uh, the, best, yeah, the best coach in America, Dabo. 
<laughs> he, he owns us. It's it's inarguable. Dabo, come on the podcast. Unlike Chase Winovich, we can admit that Dabo owns us. It's it's fine. We we do not have a win against Dabo Swinney and Clemson, and that's okay. Hopefully, one day Ohio State will be able to beat them. I think that's that can do it for for football. Basketball's rolling right now, eight and one. Like we said, two non-conference games at home upcoming tomorrow against uh, Bucknell or not Bucknell. Saturday. What? What am I looking at here? Help me I, out here. Patrick. I'm not sure. I think they play on Saturday. I checked today, and I was surprised because I thought they were playing tonight because it's been since what last Wednesday when they played Illinois. Um, but I think that they, I think that they have a little bit of a break, and they do play on on Saturday. Um, I don't know who off the top of the head, off the top of my head, they're playing, but um, yeah, they play Bucknell. Bucknell. I thought they yeah, played okay. tomorrow for no, some reason. They do not I play tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> all right, that really opens up my day. Hell Sweet. yeah! <laughs> I was gonna live tweet that. I was like, damn it, I gotta go into the office. Then I gotta live tweet Ohio State played Bucknell, but no, that's oh. not until Saturday. So Saturday, Bucknell and Youngstown State on Tuesday. Um, we can talk a little bit about the Minnesota and Illinois games. I, I don't think we've talked about those on, on a podcast before. Um, they kicked the hell out of Minnesota. That game was never close. And um, that one was a lot of fun. That was um, I, I, I want to say that that was a, a Keyshawn Woods game. We're going to have a couple of those this year where Keyshawn Woods just scores a bunch of points. No, it was not a Keyshawn Woods game. That, that was, was, a, that was the game. Illinois game. He yeah he went off against Illinois. That was um, yeah that was the Wesson brothers game. There's going to be a couple of those too. Um, and we've we've talked about it before with the basketball team how they don't really have a go-to scorer. I mean Caleb is is pretty close to that, but they don't have a guy who night in and night out they know can give them 15 20 points like they did with Kata last year. Um, so you're going to get weird things like the you know both Wesson brothers scoring over 15 points and. Um, I, I think against Illinois, off the top of my head, Keyshawn Woods had 19 points. That that could be wrong. I'm checking now. 18. Okay, yeah. So Keyshawn Woods had 18 points against Illinois, and sometimes that's going to happen. That that's going to be, you know, you, you have to have a weird one like that step up, and and Keyshawn Woods is going to have to to carry the load sometimes. The Wesson brothers are going to have to carry the load sometimes. I'm very excited personally for the Luther Muhammad game whenever that happens because it will happen. I mean, he's going to score 20 points one of these times, and it's going to be very fun. But they're you know, kind of continuing in the the tradition of um, you know under Chris Holtman of they don't really crush teams. They, they did crush Minnesota, but the Illinois game was generally pretty close, and they don't really crush Big Ten opponents or, or good teams. But... They just kind of, I, I think the um, the correct term for it is the crockpotting, where it's, you know, it's never really a blowout until the end when you look at the final score. And you're like, whoa, was it really that that much of a blowout all game, or was it just kind of a you know, a slow drip? And, you know, Ohio State put Illinois in the slow cooker, and they, they, um, they struggled a little bit in the first half, and then their ability to go inside to Caleb Wesson, their ability to hit threes in the second half, um, figuring out how to shoot free throws, they were able to to pull away, and they looked really good. They've looked really good all season, really safe for the Syracuse game, and um, I know they've got UCLA coming up in just a couple days. I, I think that's on the 22nd, um, and UCLA is not all that good this year, but that should be a pretty good test of where Ohio State is, and they could very well go into the full-on conference play with just one loss, which is 
a pretty big deal for this team. That's, I mean, about as much as you could possibly ask for, given this non-conference schedule. They've they've done a really good job. What surprises me about this team, and, and really did last year too, is, like you said, they're at least for this season, there's not that go-to guy like there was for Kata. But he, even last year, under Holtman in year one, they were just a lot more steady than I pictured them to be after making that transition from Mata to Holtman. And in year two, after losing a guy like Kata, and even even Dockich, who was, you know, as much as we like to make fun of him, was <laughs> a vital part. He played his role on that team. They have some new faces and they're working, you know, in some new ways to play, but they just seem extremely steady and they're going to lose games like the Syracuse game. They'll probably drop one to Michigan State and Michigan, who looks pretty damn good. Michigan right looks now. pretty good, yeah. There's, there's going to be some games where they, they face teams with comparable or better talent and they lose, but... For them to be as steady as they have been, for them to beat Minnesota by 20 points, for them to pull the, away from Illinois in the in the manner that they did is just super impressive. And they just take care of business, I think is, is the best way to put it. And they don't feel like they've hit that stride yet of where they're going to be at the end of the season, that they're still working on things, that they're getting better. But they aren't struggling, which is really refreshing and, and great to see from a team that's so young. And we'll see them be able to breeze through these next couple of games, but even against UCLA and then Michigan State a couple weeks later, a couple games later, and then at Iowa a couple games after that, we'll kind of get to see a taste of this team against other high-level programs. And I'm really excited for it because the best is yet to come with them and they're already pretty good. And it's just steady is the word that I, that I kind of associate with them because they just kind of go about their business. They play well and they do what they need to do to pull away from teams and play well against tough teams. Yeah. They, they really don't have let get let down games, which is really nice to see. I know that, um, Ohio State late stage Mata had quite a few of those letdown games where they would just go out and get crushed and never really look ready. And this is certainly not an Ohio State team that's going to win national championship, but they're building the foundation to be a national championship contending program. They you know, it's obvious that if they can get you know these um, these younger players back and continue developing them like they have with guys like Kyle Young who looks legitimately like a a Division One Ohio State caliber basketball player this season after last year um, not <laughs> not looking like that and Andre Wesson who's a, a pretty good offensive contributor now on top of his good defense and and Caleb continues to be more aggressive and more dangerous down low and all these guys are developing their games and and becoming more well-rounded and and just better players in general it's pretty easy to see how when you add a five-star point guard a four-star wing a four-star power forward into that next season this could be a championship contender this could be a a top 10 a top five team and that's really really exciting and you know we talked about it in the preseason why you should watch this team things like that um, and they've shown that so far that they are they're really building a foundation, and it's really fun to watch this team grow. And um, I, I think that I I'll stake my claim here, my bold prediction. Um, that Michigan State game on Saturday, January fifth, 
It's a nooner. It's at home. Michigan State will probably be in the top 10. Ohio State might be real close to it, if not in the top 10, if they finish out with um, with five straight wins or four straight wins here to finish the non-conference play going into that game. Um, it's a Fox game, so they'll probably have Gus Johnson on it. I think that crowd's going to be very loud, and I think Ohio State's going to get an upset. I, they did it last year. I think they could do it again. And that could be one of those... Um, statement games kind of a prove it game for chris holtman one of those games that really shows what the program has become what it can be and i I think that they do it i think they go out and they beat michigan state and um obviously that'll be a game that we talk quite a bit about as it gets closer and and post game as well and that's a game that i'm really really excited for man who said patrick mayhorn can't be positive (laughs) only about the basketball team (laughs) who said patrick mayhorn hates ohio state many people Yeah, many many people, many but people you're right. Have said that. <laughs> and, and this is this is a stretch where they probably should go four and zero, and they should take care of business. And you know maybe that UCLA game, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think they're a better team than UCLA, but that's on a comparable level, I think. But if they go four and zero, they're they're riding that you know into the Michigan State game with some confidence, and they beat them last year, so. We'll see, but those are the type of games that I think are going to define that, hey, you know, we can beat, we can blow out the Bucknells, the Youngstown States, we can play UCLA and handle them pretty good. Now we need to go in against a team like Michigan State at home. We're in the top 15, they're in the top 10. Let's take that next step up and really announce ourselves as Big Ten contenders. And it's crazy to think that we're even talking about this in year two, let alone what they did last season but this is where we are with the basketball team and it's it's awesome and it shows uh just what a great coach chris holtman was and what a great job they did by bringing him in shout out shout out to gene smith yeah i i said this on twitter a couple days ago and got not a ton of pushback mostly people were were agreeing i did get a little bit of pushback that um save for like the the zach smith situation um, and maybe the Jim Trestle situation. Um, he doesn't handle that scandal super well. But in terms of actual hires, in terms of um, decisions with renovating stadiums, things like that, Gene Smith has done a very good job at Ohio he's State. Good. He's good. He's a legitimately very good athletic director, and I, I think um, <laughs> I think it's pretty easy to understand why um, message board types don't like him so much. Um, it's the same reason that they wanted um, you know, Joe Burrow to start over Dwayne Haskins and things like that. But as an actual athletic director, Gene Smith is very, very good at his job. And I think Ohio State fans should appreciate him more because he really hasn't missed on a hire yet. And I guess time will tell with Ryan Day, but Chris Holtman seems to be like a star. And he he's doing a very, very good job at Ohio State. And I, I think that Gene Smith deserves more recognition for the job that he has done here. He's He's been very, very good. I don't know if anybody else wrote about it or if it was just like an exclusive with them, but 11 Warriors had a piece that had, its focus was Gene Smith, and they were talking about whether the expectations change under Ryan Day. And Gene Smith was like, no, absolutely not, <laughs> which is very nice to hear that the last thing we want to see is Ryan Day go eight and four back to back years, or a ten and two, and then a nine and three, and an eight and four? And Gene Smith to say, "Hey, we're we're sticking to the program." Gene Smith doesn't want to be Tennessee, 
Gene Smith doesn't want to be Florida State. You know, I, I think that he has made it abundantly clear, and it was great that they made it clear from the start that, like, hey, man, we know you're replacing a legend, but these are the expectations. This is what it should be. And I don't think a lot of ADs would do it as blatantly as he did, but he set those ground rules up, and I'm sure that those conversations were more detailed in private than they were to the media. But I I like that they put that out there and they haven't wavered from it to say that, hey, these are the expectations. And I think that that goes to show why Gene Smith is respected and why he is a a very skilled and adept AD. I do want to talk about real quick, this is not related to Ohio State at all. And you mentioned the 11 Warriors thing. Colin did a great job with that and people should go read it. I think it's a whole... I think it's a whole series, if I remember right, of an uh, interview with um, with Gene Smith, and he did a very good job. So folks should go read that if they're interested. Um, but speaking of hires in um, in college sports, there was one that I think particularly interests uh, this podcast. Hugh Freeze is back. And yeah, baby. Whoo, boy. Let's could get it. Not be, could not be at a more fitting University. It sounds like a joke that we would make on this podcast, but Liberty University hired Hugh Freeze to be their head football coach, and man, that's that's a lot for me to take in. <laughs> I like it. I'm okay. Well, I'm not gonna say I like it. Yeah, but I don't know I'm, if I like I'm, anything I'm about with Liberty. It. <laughs> I'm with it for the stories. Like I'm I'm with it for the memes. Yeah, I'm with I've it been... for his press conference. I mean, that was what we can expect. Jesus from this holds hire. his junk. Is that quote? Doesn't he hold all of ours, Patrick? <laughs> I um, I've been joking on Twitter a little bit about it that they're gonna try and do the SMU thing where they're just gonna drop uh like a ton of bags and and get really good recruits for like three years and then the NCAA is gonna throw them through a table <laughs> and like Hugh Freeze walking into a recruit's living room with a hollowed out Bible with a hundred K in it, <laughs> telling them to pray on it, walking out. <laughs> This is why I like it, because I, I, this is what I want to see. It could be really funny. Yeah, we could get a really good 30 for 30 out of it. We need more um, college football programs that are just outwardly cheating, outwardly cheating, breaking the rules. That's why we love Ole Miss, is because they were not quiet about it at all. They told everybody, hey, we're cheating. <laughs> Check it out. If, anybody's, if anybody's got a problem, call our <laughs> compliance number. Well, I've got bad news for you, Hugh. Uh, yeah. Many people did. Yeah, they sure did. But yeah, we we need more renegade programs. We need um, less Urban Meyer type scandals, more comical, like um, you know, NCAA movie type things, where it's like the kind of thing where Kevin Costner is playing a head coach, and he he went to. You know, like blue chip style, he went to a, a farm in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and he uh, he gave a, a five star lineman dad five star lineman's dad a tractor, and now he's going to play at Liberty. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm tired of you putting these million dollar ideas out on the podcast like yeah. this. Well, I'm I'm living in squalor in this apartment here in the Bay. Let's <laughs> let's go out to L.A. and make some money. Let's make this happen. Yeah, we uh, we we will definitely make that happen. The the Holy Land Pod Boys take Los Angeles. It's a movie. Kevin Costner could play a convincing Hugh Freeze. He's still young enough to where I he mean, could yeah, get away with it. Yeah, we could probably make that work. We'll we'll get him. We'll get him on the podcast. We'll we'll talk to him. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we That's can. It's just do. an excuse to get somebody to play Houston Nut in that movie. Oh man, can I do it? <laughs> I think I think Houston Nut should play Houston Nut. <laughs> He's not doing anything else. <laughs> but. 
but play Houston Nut like he's not Houston Nut, if that makes sense. Like, if I were Houston Nut, what would I do here? But meanwhile, he is Houston Nut. See, now I'm going to have to delete this whole... He's just trying to make Houston Nut look extremely good. He's, like, being very nice and courteous. (laughs) Hi, I'm Houston Nut. I coached uh, Darren McFadden, if you didn't know. I've never once cheated. (laughs) I've never once cheated in my whole life. Won a couple court cases, though. (laughs) That's probably the last thing I wanted was for this episode to go an hour. And sure enough, I look at the clock and it's sitting at 5427, just looking, staring deeply back into my soul. Uh, Do you have anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's about it. I think that somehow we managed to turn this um, just several scraps of news into a full episode and um I, I think that for that we deserve um everybody to uh to go leave a review probably one star preferably five star but for the crimes that we've committed we do deserve um you to you to go leave reviews it helps out the show yeah please leave a review leave a comment send us a tweet at holy lamp pod if you have any feedback on the show or if you just have questions if you want to ask yeah, us we something take questions talk, anytime yeah you want us to talk about something we have some free time before the Rose Bowl. Maybe we'll do a Q&A here in the next week or so. But a lot of stuff still coming your guys' way as the Rose Bowl gets closer, early signing day approaches, the basketball season kicks into gear. This is a full-time full-time gig. It never stops with Ohio State Athletics, and we will be here on Land Grant Holy Land at LandGrant33 on Twitter. Make sure to check out all of Patrick's work at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. He's got a lot of fun stuff coming your way. I hate to do the self-plug, but I'm going to. Go to YouTube.com slash Colton Denning if you want to watch any Ohio State videos. I have a 30-minute Braxton Miller highlight video. Very good. Just, Just sitting there. There's 24 minutes of Carlos Hyde, 22 minutes of Devin Smith, 14 minutes of Kenny Guyton. There's a video 21 minutes long of every Ohio State defensive touchdown since 2002. Uh, Maurice Claret, Michael Jenkins, J.K. Dobbins, Dwayne Haskins, and my favorite, personally, Santonio Holmes. Mm. They're all up there. YouTube.com slash Colton Denning and a few other college football highlight videos up there as well. Check it out. I always feel bad doing the self-plug. But you know what? This is our show. I'm going to do it. I have no, no, I have no reservations us. about big. Yeah, nobody can stop us. Matt Brown can't stop us. No, nobody well, can. Nobody can pull the plug. We will never log <laughs> off. I, I don't know if I'm going to challenge them on that. They could probably stop us. <laughs> Matt Brown might be able to stop us. He might us. be able to, yeah. <laughs> but that, We're very that's sorry, a good note. Matt. <laughs> that's a good note to wrap up on. We want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Send us feedback at Holy Land Pod. But until next time, for Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hangout in the Holy Land, and go Bucks. <laughs>